Hey guys, welcome back to Rolling Podcast with your host Angel Melissa Walker. We have another episode for you today, and we hope you guys enjoyed our last episode on our Valentine's Day themed episode. We hope that you enjoyed it, and hopefully, you guys wrote made some cars for people that you care about and were able to give them to them um because that was part of our last challenge so hope you guys pulled through but if not oh well but angel who did you write a card to um i didn't write a card to anybody but i did hey hey Hey. Exposed. Hey, we told you guys to keep a... us accountable if we don't do our own challenges. I didn't write a card, but I did send some messages to some people. Sorry, we're living in a digital age, so and that's why the handwritten card is pretty meaningful. But that's all right. That's all right. Okay, that's true. But next time. Okay. Anyway, actually, I did end up writing somebody a card, but. That was kind of unrelated. It was for something else, but... Bro, you're wild. So yeah, similar to our last episode, and I gave this whole kind of probably unnecessary intro about like, oh, I didn't really want to do an episode about relationships and singleness for Valentine's Day, but here we are. Very similar to that, I, even before processing which episode we were going to do before, or for Valentine's Day... I very much so did not want to do any sort of race-related episode for Black History Month or in Black History Month, and yet, here we are. So, um, to give a little bit of context, it just, and I'll kind of dive a bit more into this a little bit later into the episode, but for me, honestly, a lot of the prayer and thought behind even starting this podcast came from a season that I was in last year of... God was taking me on a bit of a deep dive into some racial wounds, essentially, um, and just kind of opening my eyes to a lot of things that I wasn't allowing myself to feel. And so that were obviously centered around, for those of you who don't know, Angel and I and our family essentially grew up, um, or our siblings and I grew up in a predominantly white community or predominantly white communities just within like church and school and different things. And so there were a lot of things within that that I didn't realize were affecting my view of myself so much or affecting my self-confidence or self-esteem or just self-image in general until literally last year when God was like, here are a lot of the walls of the prison you've put yourself behind and here's where that comes from. And so just with all of that in mind and just wanting to keep this podcast pretty real and authentic and vulnerable, et cetera, about things that we're processing going through, I figured, and honestly, I'll say God figured because I probably wouldn't be doing this episode had he not kind of stirred that up. Um, Now's as good a time as ever to kind of jump into some of that. So yes, in the words of Chadwick Boseman, may he rest in peace to be young, gifted, and black, you know? R.I.P. Chadwick. Wakanda forever. So I know that I could easily get into a few different tangents on this and probably will. Um, But Angel, I definitely want to give you your ample time to share. So are there any key moments, whether that's of like frustration or disappointment or challenges 
that you felt like came from being one of the few people of color in a predominantly white community for so many years? I would definitely say so. Because some people in my elementary school are wild. Wild. And as we were preparing for this episode, I have a story that nobody in the Walker family has ever heard before. Some other people have, but y'all have never heard this story because I was always scared that I would get in trouble for this. Bro, literally what? I'm on the edge of my seat for real right now. You're yes. crazy. Let's get so, into it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And when dad listened to this, bro, this is about to be crazy. I never, I never talked about this because I always felt like I was going to get in trouble, which is part of the problem because I... I did something a little wrong in this scenario, but I was not the I was not the aggressor here. Anyway, so let's rewind to fifth grade. We have indoor recess. Some of my friends and I decide to play Pictionary. And so we were playing Pictionary and they were, they were like, okay, let's do, let's have the topic be like people in our class. So people are going, they're drawing their classmates, whatever. Then this one kid. I won't name drop. He's really a sweet dude. Like, he he didn't realize that what he was doing was was not fantastic. But he goes up there. He goes up there. And I would do a visual demonstration because I got a whiteboard, but the people won't be able to see. And he goes up to the whiteboard with his with the black with the black marker. He makes one big black circle. And then a smaller black circle on the top. And he's like, that's it. And we're all like, what in the world? The topic was people in our class. And he was like, yeah, I drew Angel because she's black and she always has a black puffball for her hair. (laughs) And then what did I do? I slapped him. (laughs) It's like not funny. It's not funny for real. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Let me mute myself. Anyway. And um I slapped him kind of hard actually. Like And this was in front of everyone playing Pictionary. And my teacher, she was in the classroom, but she was doing something in one of the cabinets. So she never saw this happen. Because if she had, like, I would have been up in the principal's office and I would have had to explain myself. So then I, I was trying not to get in trouble. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, why did I just do that? Blah, blah, blah. And through the rest of the day, I was... I was kept trying to tell him I was sorry because I didn't want him to tell on me, even though he he was the one. He was the one that did the crime. He was the one that did the crime. And the other people that that saw it, they're like, they were jaw dropped. I don't even know what they said because I'm angel. I'm I'm everyone's all like, oh my gosh, you're such an angel. Like, ain't nobody ever seen you slap a person. Like, I've never slapped a person before. But that day I did. That day I did. And I never got in trouble for it because nobody ever saw. But so 
yes, that happened. And the and the people that are around, like, they didn't really see an issue with what the kid did. And as a fifth grader, I couldn't articulate um, what the issue was. So it just kind of got swept under the rug and everybody was Gucci Gucci Macho Macho. And that was that. Don't know where I was going with that, but a little story time. So, like, looking back on that, side note, thanks for sharing that. A new, a little expose, a little behind the scenes, a little sneak peek. Um, but looking back on that, like, thinking about it, how do you feel like you would react if someone were to do that today? Like, not, obviously, I'm not asking, like, would you still slap someone, but more so digging deep on, like, what would be that internal response or even verbal response if someone were to do that today? Because I feel as though, as I'm thinking about your story, honestly, I can think of so many people who are, like, even full-grown adults that I personally know that may not see an issue with that. Well, I feel like now I'd have the vocabulary to articulate what exactly was wrong with the Pictionary picture, and I would explain, that's what I would be like, like, hey, this is hurtful and uh, not acceptable. And I'd be like, do you, did you intend to, I would be like, what was your intention, like, for doing this? And i explain, like, hey, I do not appreciate this because it felt demoralizing, dehumanizing and offensive that you boiled me down to two black circles <laughs> but that's that's what happened and i like when drawing other classmates they were drawn as stick figures with facial features and bodies and clothes however when you drew this that interpreted to me that you just see me as a black person with black poofy hair. Period, bro. Period. I feel like that alone can honestly like preach the whole podcast topic. But <sighs> dang, bro. Any other like stories or insights or just thoughts you have? Like, I'm curious to know. Um, and you can share anything else outside of this too, but curious to know, like, kind of how you processed things that happened in 2020, George Floyd, all of that. Like, what was that like for you? Well, for me, I wrote about this in my Common App essay, which I kind of slayed, I kind of slayed. So another thing that these elementary classmates would be like, along with the hair, is everyone would be like, oh my gosh, your hair is so soft like a pillow. Like, I could, cut, I wish I could, like, cut off your hair and use it as a pillow. Like, it's so soft. I'm like, go up and touch my hair. I'm telling you, people have said that. And I'm like, at the time, I was like, oh thanks because like I don't know they were saying they like my hair but I was like that's a little odd <laughs> like you trying to cut off my hair and use it as a pillow I ain't no sheep but <laughs> why did but... I literally know you were gonna say that <laughs> no you did not anyway but none of this stuff processed processed then and all this stuff in elementary school about me being reduced to my fluffy hair or whatever is part of why, like in middle school, I started to have my hair, tried to, wanted to have my hair straighter when 
it's much easier to manage it when it's straighter. But also, like, that's how all the girlies be having their hair, like, straight. But then fly over to Michigan in COVID, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Black Lives Matter, bro. We got to be educating ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking back, and while other people are being educated on all this stuff, I'm being educated on what was really going on back in elementary school. And I'm like, y'all were wild. Y'all were actually so out of pocket, bro. And nobody knew. Like, not even me. Like, I understand why crazy stuff be happening because at the time I was just like, oh, this is how it be. But that's not how it be. <laughs> that's not how it be. Or at least that's not how it's supposed to be. So I was like, bro, this is crazy. What was the, oh, never mind. I forgot what the question was for a minute. So while all these other people are learning, I was learning too. And I was like, y'all are crazy. Anyway, but so I was learning, I was like, that stuff was pretty wild. But now I was living in Michigan, and people in Michigan are not quite as wild and out of pocket as some people in Virginia. Like, y'all Michiganders, y'all kind of slay. Y'all kind of slay sometimes, sometimes. I'll give you that. But then I'm in Michigan, and people are like, nobody's ever once said to me that they wish they could cut off my hair and use it as a pillow. But people will be like, oh, your hair's cute today. Like, um... Who does your hair? Oh, your mom does it. Like, how long does it normally take? Like, anyway. <laughs> so the people here in Michigan approach things from a much more respectful and genuine curiosity, from a level of true respect and genuine curiosity. Where I'm like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Not that. So, yeah. I don't really know what that answered the question as I partially forgot what the question was, but there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely have similar stories. Um, so for context, Angel and I grew up at different elementary schools. So she went to um, a public school that was near the house that we lived in at the time, whereas seven years prior, I went to a private all Christian girls school um, that my older sister went to. And then our brother went to like the quote unquote brotherhood school down the street and went there for a while until we all transitioned to public school. But at that private school in my grade, there ended up being, it was me and one, two, three or four other black students. Um, and like it was when I say it was a predominantly white community, like I went to a white school. So <laughs> there was that. Um, and I very clearly remember. Um, and so, well, fast forwarding a little bit to I know I mentioned that all of this kind of came up last year. And that was just in a conversation I was having with God on and off of like, where do these insecurities come from? Or like, where do all these different parts of me that I just have this natural instinct of like hiding and shutting down and kind of just blending in fade to the background like I don't need to take center stage I don't want to stand out I don't need to shine like where does that come from because I had no idea and um so there was one night that God was like you want to go there like you want to process that 
And even though I'd asked the question for years, I was like, not really, because now I'm kind of scared. And when I finally had a moment of like, okay, God, let's, let's go there. Let's process. The very first memory that came to mind or the very first thought that immediately came to mind after kind of putting that wall down with God was a flashback to when I was in kindergarten at that private school. And they did this like presentation or this kind of like special, I don't know, it was a whole thing. Um, but it was centered around Ruby Bridges and Ruby Bridges story. And I can only assume that it probably happened during Black History Month, but I have no idea. And I just remember sitting in that room and something about the way that it was presented. And I literally remember so vividly exactly where in that auditorium I was sitting. I actually wasn't technically supposed to be in that um, session that they had. It was for, I think, the first graders or first and second graders. or It wasn't for my age group, but for whatever reason, I was invited in. And so I remember exactly where I was sitting. I have a vivid memory, not vivid. I have a vague memory of what I was wearing. Like I know exactly what position I was sitting in. And I just remember that was the first time in my life that I can ever remember having a thought of the color of my skin is a bad thing. And I know that as you're talking about Ruby Bridges and talking about that story, I guess you're like, quote unquote, supposed to hear in that of like, then we got rid of segregation and we've made so much progress, et cetera. That was not the message that I received in the way that that was all presented. And even in the way that other students in the room reacted to what was presented, because I just remember so many eyes like turning to look at me at different points and kind of glancing over at me. And it just became this super uncomfortable thing that I have always remembered and never remembered why I remembered it until God last year was like, that was the first moment that that seed was planted. And so from there, I also have very vivid memories of second grade and on and just different portions of elementary school to middle school, whatever, when you start talking about slavery and American history and different things. And it was just like the worst moment in schooling for me to talk about, like, if a teacher even mentioned the word slaves, I just knew. And it wasn't because sometimes I think I try to tell myself like, oh, that was all in your head or whatever. It really wasn't. I can actively remember several or multiple students in my class in those moments turning and looking at me even just for a brief moment and for those of you who aren't a minority or like haven't been in a position similar to that I don't know that you can fully understand how like incredibly uncomfortable that really is like that was just like a huge thing at that age because in those formative years of life You're wanting to fit in. You're forming your view of the world and of yourself and of your role in the world and all of these different things. And from kindergarten onward, I'm having all of these different moments that are essentially kind of watering this seed to tell me that like, hey, you were lesser than before and we've made progress. However, you're still not quite there. And so that was essentially kind of the message that I felt like or looking back, I feel like I had kind of taken root into my heart. And so I can just think of so many different moments from elementary school to middle school to high school where that seed just kept being watered. And I remember even in high school, um, and side note, like at the time that a lot of things happened, I think I just had a lot of grace. I think part of it is grace and part of it was just feeling like, okay, it's, these are just the rules of the world. 
um, to where I, I didn't hold any of the harm that it was doing to me. I didn't hold any of that against anyone. It just kind of was like something was said or something happened or someone reacted a certain way to different things. And it just kind of became a truth to me of like, okay, this is just how the world is, or this is just how this goes. The rules are just different for me or whatever that belief was. And so even in high school, um, <laughs> I'm hesitant to bring up these stories because I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus, but I'm not going to like name drop or anything. I just remember in high school at the youth group that I was in at our church, um, there were even moments I remember when like certain Black Lives Matter things were kind of popping up in the news. I was a high schooler and I had absolutely no care in the world about what was going on in the news, but our parents had conversations with us about it. And so I kind of vaguely knew that something was going on with Black Lives Matter. That's it. And I also was on Facebook at the time as a high schooler and was seeing posts from my friend's parents and um, other adult leaders within the church and things that just were very hateful and or hurtful. Um, and so that was just kind of all in my head. It just like was this whole whirlwind of things. And I step into youth group and was leading worship at the time. And I remember coming off stage and the youth pastor at the time had made some comment about like, hey, like before we jump in anything else, I just want to address what's going on in the news and all of that. And this lack of unity and whatever. It was this whole spiel and ends the spiel by calling out me and the only other black person in that room and just being like, I'm so glad to like have you up on stage and have you part of this community and whatever. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that that person had all of the absolute best intentions in saying that. However, and even with that for several years, anytime I remembered that moment, the first thought in my head was, but they didn't mean it that way. However, that moment, like I, that was the moment that I was like, I never want to come back to this church again. I never want to come back to this youth group again. I was so uncomfortable in that. It just was a lot of moments like that that had built up over the years where I was like, okay, this no longer feels like this safe, inclusive space. And I already at that point was so painfully aware of the fact that in 98% of the rooms I walked into, I would be the only person of color there. And I think at that point, though, it had kind of progressed to where, and this is um, including the school I grew up in, so not just church, but I think it kind of progressed to like 80% of the rooms. Um, but in majority of the rooms or friend circles or just situations I found myself in, I more than likely was the only Black person there. And so just growing up with all of these different moments of like shame, building on shame, building on shame, and then even having someone try to call out a difference in a positive light just felt like this moment of like, no, like absolutely not. And so similar to you, Angel, actually, like there even, I can recall so many different seasons of my life where like, I remember going on mission trips or preparing to go on mission trips and I cried like a baby at night when my mom had to braid my hair back. Granted, it was because like I'd be going to these places and hot and sweating it out and like I could not maintain the straight hair. And I totally resonate with what you're saying about like at some point you just want to straighten your hair because that's what all the girls have. And let me not get into how growing up in white communities can taint your view of beauty standards and all the things. And that's a whole nother beast to tackle. Um, but Oh, I cried like a baby anytime my mom had to braid my hair because I was like, I the thought that I kept thinking was, I just feel so ugly. Like I felt so ugly when my hair was braided and I just did not like how my hair looked unless it was straight. 
And I also could not stand the fact that anytime I did anything different with my hair, it became like front page news. Like everyone was touching my hair and commenting and it was this whole thing. And I just hated that so much because again, like I just didn't want to be viewed as different. And so, yeah, it's hard to grow up essentially. So this is how the Holy Spirit kind of put it to me last year. When I was asking him why I have this instinct to hide and even when there's this more confident version of myself that wants to step out and is starting to kind of show and starting to shine, the second someone calls that out or I notice it within myself, like something in me would shut down. And the Holy Spirit was like, the reason for that and the reason that you have this instinct to hide is because you spent your entire life wishing you could hide something that you couldn't. So in trying to process through that, you tried to hide behind anything and everything else that you could. Um, and as like a real life example, I remember portions of time where I would think that my favorite season was the winter because the active thought in my head was if it's winter time and someone were to look at me from behind, if I'm wearing a coat, like a jacket, whatever, a hood, and if I have gloves on, then until you come around and see me from the front, like you would have no idea that I'm black. An elementary schooler having that kind of thought is not normal. And so, yeah, anyway, that's just, I'm on a whole ramble and tangent now, but yeah, all the things. What were things like for you back in 2020? So it was really interesting. 2020, everything that happened with George Floyd, um, obviously, like there were things in the news years before. Like, I mean, we grew up with our parents having active conversations with us about, hey, this is what you do if a cop pulls you over and just being so prepared for so many things. Because what happened to George Floyd, like it wasn't the first time that happened and it wasn't the first time that that was in the news. And so when you grow up seeing things like that, like you just kind of prepare for it. And then I remember when things started coming out in the news or people started talking about George Floyd, it was almost like I was very callous to it to where I was like, okay, people are all gung-ho about Black Lives Matter, whatever, for now. And then I'll check back in in a few weeks and we're going to be completely over it. No one's going to be talking about it. We're going to move on. And that's that. And then all of a sudden, I think because everyone had so much more time on their hands and um, all of that, it was being talked about at church and they're encouraging people to have conversations with the black people around them. And it just was everywhere on social media and it was this huge thing. And then I just kind of began to feel a lot more than I usually would feel because I put up a lot of walls of like, I don't want to feel the pain of what happened to Breonna Taylor, what happened to Trayvon Martin, what happened to George Floyd, what happened to all these other people. Because, like, those are real fears of mine. Like, I, but because it was being talked about so much, and I was then being approached by people in my small groups and other people in church who served with me and other friends, like, reaching out, like, are you okay? And I had never, ever, ever, ever had that before. I was then being forced to confront feelings of, like, no, I'm not okay because, like, that could have been my dad. No, I'm not okay because Brianna Taylor could have been me. I'm not doing great because, like, Trayvon Martin could have been my brother. And there are certain dog breeds my brother has talked about wanting. And even when he went through starting to wear do-rag for the first time and whatever, I remember crying because I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, the visual image just based on assumptions that people make, not being flat-out racist, but just recognizing people have certain biases and, like, it, it is what it is. Like people have their biases and that's something to address, but there's this fear in me of like, there's so much that could go wrong. 
And no child should have to grow up with that kind of fear. Honestly, no adult should have to live with that kind of fear. But it just forced me to come to terms with like, I am living in so much more fear than I actively let myself feel. So I kind of ended up feeling a lot of that. And then just kind of had to process through it. And I did appreciate certain conversations I had with people. And um, it did kind of start healing a lot of things or at least helping me realize a lot of things from growing up similar to what you said of where I was kind of like, hmm. Maybe some of these things I grew up believing or even subconsciously believing were not normal. And so it just kind of became a really revelatory time of like, all right, our world is a far place from being this like happy-go-lucky melting pot where everyone is just readily accepted with open arms. And that's sad. Uh, But spinning it from there... Angel, what would you say is like something positive that has come of that? Or what is what would you say is something that's helped you embrace the identity that you have um, with like the confidence that you have now and all of that? I would say there are more things that I can do because I'm black than things that I can't. Because Okay, you, okay, slay. Because let me tell you, like with my hair, y'all other people can't be braiding your hair like this, like. Y'all can't be getting those nice little locks down to your behind. Like, y'all can be doing that. <laughs> but I can. And I be doing it whenever I can. And I be slaying so hard. And y'all always be like, oh, my gosh, Angel, your hair looks so cute today. Your hair looks so cute. And it does. Like, it literally slays over time. And y'all can't be doing that. So, period. Like, what? What about it? But, so, that's a real pro right there. Because I can do so much more than just, like, Cut my hair, let it grow, dye it. Like I can have my hair a different color every day if I wanted to. So what about it? Period, period. Yeah, I think that's a really big thing on like finding or very practical side of finding the beauty or finding the good in those differences and finding, um, yeah, just the light in that and embracing it. And I think for me, it's definitely been a harder journey. And I will say like, you are one of the large reasons why I've embraced this journey of like, okay, let me try different things with my hair. And that is a whole journey in and of itself that I could honestly probably do a whole separate podcast on. Um, But so like, thank you for that, Angel. Um, But also, yeah, just am still honestly on this journey. And I will say like, Angel inspires me in a lot of ways because of that confidence that she has and like also and I will try not to cry in saying this but I remember when we found out that my mom and dad were going to have or not dad we found out that my mom was pregnant and was going to have another kid um I just remember like actively praying so many prayers of like I don't want her to experience this or that or, like so many different things that I experienced and it like shattered my heart a couple times to hear some of the things that Angel had walked through with different racial things. Um, and so that was something God and I had to process, but just seeing kind of like this other side of it or seeing how much confidence Angel has and seeing the ways that she's inspired me to kind of step into bolder confidence, honestly, is just like a prayer I didn't even know to pray. Um, so I just wanted to say that, but definitely I'm still on this journey of learning to embrace something that I've hated myself for all my life. And I know that sounds dramatic to be like, oh, like you hated yourself for that. But I am being so free with you guys right now that God had to walk me through the hard truth for weeks of breaking down certain walls and crying through a lot of things. I was crying a lot every day for those couple of weeks in helping me see moment by moment, like seed by seed, watering by watering, how I truly grew up 
Because I, I used to tell people, no, I did not tell people. I would have told people if I were being honest, that casual question of like, oh, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? If I were to ever give an honest answer to that question, it would be, I would 100% change the color of my skin. Like I, and to be completely honest, even with all the healing work that I've done to this day, I do not know that I would give you much of a different answer. I might, and that's progress, but depends on the day. And so with that, like, I just have always kind of had this back of the mind type of thought of I've just hated being black my whole life. And then God paused me at some point and was like, it's not that you hated being black your entire life. You learned to hate yourself for being black. And that is a harder thing to work through. So still, I'm definitely on that journey. Um, But... I think being open to having conversations like this and like having so many supportive and like truly loving friends. And that was part of the journey last year of just having really open conversations with people about like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm feeling, starting with my family and extending out past that. Um, And yeah, so this episode is already longer than (laughs) our other episodes. Um, So thank you guys for bearing with us, but let us know like, whether that's through Instagram or if you know us personally, text us or whatever. If you want us to share a bit more about, there's so many different aspects of this. So we can definitely incorporate some more of that down the road um, or even like pop on Instagram live or something or do just something, some sort of deep dive into more different things if you guys want. Um, but wanted to give a quick challenge and then have Angel pray us out. So in kind of the vein of things that came up with 2020 and George Floyd and the whole movement being pushed forward and all the attention that that got, I think it was really powerful that one of the big encouraging pieces was for encouraging people to have conversations with those in their community that like they have relationship with and can have a healthy conversation with um, about their experiences or just differences or just their thoughts and opinions on things and just kind of having open dialogue. Um, And you do need to be very discerning and careful in that because like there is a lot of wrong that's been done to a lot of people on all sides of this. I will say that some of the hate and anger and backlash that like white people or even other people of different other races have received from very hurt, angry black people, like there there's real hurt that's been done on all sides. And so I don't want to discredit that or discount that. And so that's where it is important to be very cautious and prayerful in conversations and to it would be very necessary to have both parties be prioritizing grace and understanding more than their point and like what's right, what's wrong, etc. cetera. Uh, but I do want to give you guys the hard challenge of not just for the black people in your lives, but for someone in your community who has a different cultural background than you, set up a time to have a conversation with them to talk through what that's like for them, some of their experiences, challenges, uh, beautiful moments, like have that conversation because that's how you expand your worldview. That's how you understand what it's like to live in this society as someone who's different from you. And so I know that's a very hard challenge to give for a lot of people, but I do want to encourage you guys to do that and to lean into that. Um, and yeah, so with that, Angel, I'll let you pray us out and we'll let you guys get on about your day. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to gather to film this podcast episode i pray that everyone has had a great day and that you will open the listeners in our minds and hearts to whatever you want to reveal to us whether it's 
maybe a change in a perspective that we have or an idea that we have or just the way that we live our life or the, a way that we um interact with others i pray that you will show us how we can better understand one another regardless of whether it's people with people who di- are different from us based on race or any other factor um i pray that you can allow us to have open honest conversations with others that help lead us to mutual understanding and um be able to help one another to um reach our fullest potential and um don't know the word the other word i was gonna say uh but to reach our fullest potential and acceptance of ourselves in the role that we have that you have given us here on this earth um and i pray that we can have a great rest of our few weeks and can come together in two weeks to have another great discussion in your precious name amen amen and i do want to say which i know i said i'd let you guys go but felt convicted as angels praying just to add this thing real quick um that like regardless of like your race your experience or whatever do not ever doubt that Jesus loves you so much. Like God loves the way that he created you. And I feel like that's important to say because as I've been on this journey of discovering all the different hurts and wounds that I've been um, experienced and um, just kind of learned to live with, I can very clearly remember a moment last year where it was a couple days after I'd had conversations with both my parents separately about what I was processing and how I was feeling. And I was so nervous about having that conversation with my parents because I was like, I don't want them to feel bad for the communities that we lived in, like, cause that is a blessing. And I don't want them to feel guilty about this or that, or I don't want them to be sad, whatever. And like, I didn't want to hurt their hearts. And as I was, I literally was in the shower, um, after like working out early in the morning and was randomly just thinking about like, man, I can only imagine from a parent perspective, like how sad it is to hear your child say, like, I have actively hated myself for my race, which is something that I cannot change. And I remember in that moment, I could like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I felt the father heart of God break. And I know I've shared that before about something else that I was processing through last year, Um, but it was a very similar moment of like feeling that father heart of God break. And as I thought about like, man, God loves us so much more than our parents even do. And so like, how devastating is that for one, like on the creation side, God who created us to look at his creation being like, I hate this. But even more than that, what got me like sobbing in the shower was thinking about like God as the one who knows us intimately, loves us deeply, and just loves us beyond anything we can imagine. Like how hard is it to watch someone that you love that much hate themselves so much? And like, yeah, just imagining this like outreach from God of like, if you only knew how much I loved you, like, and it just, anyway. So I say all that to say, as I've been processing through different things, like it has just been something that's opened the door to having moments of being like, whoa, this is breaking God's heart. Like talk about break my heart for what breaks yours. The condition of my heart or the things that I think about myself or the way that I view myself, I've become more and more aware of how much that truly breaks God's heart because he loves us that much. And that's even just from my understanding of things. So like, I will never fully understand the depths and um, the heights of the love of God and all of that. But just wanted to end this episode by encouraging you guys to know that like, 
despite all of your insecurities or things that you may be struggling with or whatever, like God just loves you so much more than you'll ever understand. So just wanted to leave with that. And that's all we have for this episode. It was a little bit long, but oh well. Hope you guys join us in two weeks for our next episode and we'll see you there. Bye.